Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, your savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Ryan Moore. Ryan, are you ready to do this? Let's do it, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Ryan is a CFP, the principal and founder of Clarity Capital Management. His work has been featured in Sensei, Zing, Lending Tree, and Earnest, lots of other places. I'm excited to have you on. Ryan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Well, thanks, George. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, yeah. So I'm a I'm a CFP, uh, founder of Clarity Capital Management. I'm out here in uh, the lovely Pacific Northwest and in kind of the Southwest Portland, Oregon area. Um, married to my wonderful wife Molly, and we have a four and a half year old son uh, named Adam. Um, been in the industry for. It's been about 11 or 12 years now and um, started started this firm about a year and a half or so ago um, after having a few different roles in the industry um, you know wanted to wanted to get back into working with clients again after having been in more of a um, I guess more of a support role to other advisors in the business and um, wanted to work with clients in a fiduciary capacity, um, wanted to, to, to work with clients in the way that I think that they should be worked with and take more of an approach towards uh, really focusing on good strategic um, financial planning as opposed to so much of a focus on uh, more of financial products, which is where so much of the industry has been or has been for so long. Uh, so that's kind of what led me down this path to, to starting this firm. Excellent. Your son's name is Adam. My son's name is James. Those are both very traditional names. And uh, I don't, you know, I got to think that there's not too many Adams these days. Is is, is that a family name or, or how did that come to be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is either. And it's funny you say your son's name is James. My uh, Adam's middle name is James. Ah, nice, uh, nice. So, <laughs> yeah, so James was my my grandfather's name. Uh, it's also my wife's grandfather's name. So okay. there is that. Um, Adam is not necessarily, well, I take that back. It was, I, I guess, a long-distant family name uh, on my wife's side, uh, but we didn't actually know that ahead of time. So um, there is no family uh, history there for that name, just a name we both really liked a lot. So Fair enough. Um, yeah. I guess it's. I guess it's okay that it's uncommon. So. Well, right. He's going to be the only Adam in his entire school in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that's pretty funny. All right, cool. So a desire to work with clients in a really, you know, a, a very, uh, I don't want to call it a practical way, but, but the way in which you really think that they should be served, more of a planning versus product, and I certainly appreciate that. Um. Do you find that uh, that as you engage with people in this planning process, that there's there's one stage that is maybe the hardest for clients to engage in? Is it getting started? Is it sharing information? Is it following through? 
Yeah, you know, um, I, I think that for a lot of folks it is, well, a lot of the folks that I've worked with, they've never worked with a financial planner before. Uh, so they don't always know what to expect. Uh, they may have in their minds kind of what that looks like and, and maybe what they think it is. But, you know, starting that conversation with folks, uh, you know, it's one of the questions I always ask is, what do you expect from this relationship? What does it look like to you? Because I want to hear that from them. You know, what what do they envision? What what does that process look like to them? And what's really going to be important to them? Um, but as we get into it, you know, we start to uncover the things that are are challenging to them. What are they? Um, what's making them uncomfortable? And and also one of the first things that I I tend to ask is what caused you to reach out? Was there something specific that triggered this? You know, because I don't think most people suddenly wake up in the morning and go, I need to talk to a financial partner. <laughs> right. Usually something that may be uh, kind of rubbing them the wrong way or an irritation or, or something that caused them to go, you know what, I think it's time that I do this. Um, and I kind of want to find out what that is. Um, and I think that most people, you know, the folks that I'm working with are mostly mid-career, late-career professionals, and they're often struggling with the same things. Um, it's tracking of spending and budgeting. Um, it's am I doing the best with what I have? Am I controlling spending the right way? Am I saving the best way? Am I controlling income taxes the best way? Uh, those are often the same questions that everyone has because we're not taught these things in school, right? We get out into the world and we grow our careers and we have kids and, and then we have to think about college and things just kind of get more and more complex. Um, and people start to realize, you know what, I, I could use a little bit of help and a little bit of guidance and, and making sure I'm doing the right things. Yeah, the water doesn't get less money, does it? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> and, and you look at, I mean, go back a few generations and, and think about how much has changed for folks, right? You, I mean, back back in the day, you'd, you'd work and collect a pension and, and retire and live off the pension and Social Security. Well, those are all but gone now, right? So that's been placed on us as individuals, our, our responsibility to prepare for our own retirement. Um, and so making those steps to be proactive and, and do those things and do them the right way and the best way. Um, it's, it's not as simple nowadays as it, as it maybe once was. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably more complex and that's just the world in general. And the challenge and opportunity is to try to take all that complexity and make it simple or, or at least digestible. Right. Cause right. if, if I'm, if just from from my perspective, if I sat down and just started thinking about all the stuff that I needed to be doing to to plan for my you know the next three years and then for my retirement and talk about or think about health considerations that might come up and paying for my kids' college and all that, that's overwhelming to me. And and this is what I do. So helping clients manage that. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it it's we talk about the word prioritization all the time. You know, how do we prioritize these different things? People come in, and even between spouses, right? Because each spouse may have a different idea of what's their priority. So, you know, having those conversations with 
each of them and saying, okay, what is your priority? What's really important to you? And then hearing that from the other and say, okay, how do we bring all these things together and, and where do we place the focus? What do we work on first? Um, how do we balance the, the spending and the needs of today with, with those of tomorrow and make sure we're still enjoying life today, but are saving and being responsible for later on down the road? Um, it's, it's a challenge. And uh, I guess that's what makes the work fun for me. Uh, it's what I really enjoy about it. Um, without having those those good conversations. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much. I appreciate that very much. So there's a lot of great stuff that you've been touching on. I wanted to sort of circle back on, and that that, that first conversation. I think that there's so there's so much value in in a good question. Questions like, what what are you hoping to get out of our relationship? What what are your expectations of me? And the more people can can maybe formalize or figure out what that is, what what they really want from their advisor and from that relationship, probably the better, right? So they know, and then they can articulate that to the advisor, and then the expectation can be set moving forward. So I think that that's such a th- such an important thing, and and also, what was it that really motivated you to to reach out? And there's probably some kind of an event in, in life that that prompted somebody to want to do planning. Like, like you said, it's probably not everybody wakes up and just thinks, Oh, today's, today's the day I'm going to get a financial plan together. So, right. so I appreciate that. <laughs> and and then, and then prioritizing. And then the reality is that everybody's going to be different just because, uh, two people are, are, are together. Doesn't mean that, that their priorities are the same. So it's probably just, asking those questions, right? And, and presenting different things to them to get them to think and maybe have the conversation together for the first time. Exactly. And, and that's why I think this, this process we call financial planning is such an important thing to, to keep on top of over time um, because those priorities change, life changes. Um, you know, we, we don't, we don't always know what, what's going to be in front of us in, in one year or five years or 10 years. Um, so as we, as we go through this process together, um, continually hitting on those, those priorities and, you know, what's new today, what's new in your lives now, um, <clears throat> what's changed over the past year, because all sorts of things are going to change, right? Um, there's maybe new benefits to work that have come up, or maybe you've had another child, um, or, or, you know, maybe you have to move now, um, take a job in another state. I mean, all sorts of things can happen that really cause our financial plan to, you know, maybe make a right-hand turn that we didn't anticipate. So um, it's, a, it's a process. It's an ongoing process, one that, that doesn't really end. No, no, I, I don't think it's probably ever going to end. And, and you know, that's that's – when you sort of think about it like that, you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I just won't get started with it. But it, it, it's quite the opposite. I think that, that as you take small bites at it, you just have the initial conversation. You you engage with somebody to help. You start having different kinds of conversations with your partner, with your husband, your wife, whoever it is. And then you do get your arms around it because it is so complex. And we've not, when I say we, Americans haven't necessarily caught up with the fact, to your point, that 
we are going to be totally responsible for all of our retirement savings. Um, so it is a lot, and it's something you just need to stand stay on top of and take small bites of. Right. I say on my on my website, financial confidence starts with a clear plan, and you know I think that that confidence is something that I want to really instill in in the folks that I work with. And you know, having that confidence starts with knowledge, education. Um, and then it comes to being successful at, at doing right, taking action. Um, and I hope to, to help every client build that confidence up in this area of personal finance, even if it's something that they, they don't, or maybe previously haven't had a lot of, um, a lot of knowledge in. And so educating and, and helping explain, you know, here's the reasons behind these recommendations here. Why, here's why I'm, I'm suggesting we do that. Um, and really making that clear to them and, and, and they understand it and can be able to visualize and, and understand how all these pieces kind of fit together and what it means both today and, and down the road is a really a big part of what I try and do through the, the planning process. I think that that's so valuable and what you just said, you know, coming together and getting a clear plan in place, but then becoming more confident as you as you progress along that path. It's not like you're going to become confident when you actually retire. It's you're going to become confident when you open up these accounts and, and you start saving and you, and you make decisions about things. I can't remember who I was talking to. Um, I really wish I could because I've been I've been using it. So I, I wish I could attribute it to this person. But they were talking about how you really just need to focus on on winning the next five years or three years. And if you win the next three, then you're probably going to be set up to win the three years after that and so on and so forth. So if you're in a position that you feel like you're not in control of your finances, it doesn't mean that that you need to, to change everything, that, that you need to have the next 50 years mapped out, right? It's having that clear plan and then making sure that you're hitting those milestones. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, you know, for a lot of folks, it's those initial steps, right? It's, it's people come in with maybe, um, certain types of debt that they're trying to get out from under, um, whether it be student loan debt or, or, you know, other types of consumer debt. Um, you know, that's something that is a big hurdle for the next few months or maybe a couple of years. I think focusing on, on that, if that's the big priority and that is the thing that makes them uncomfortable, well, that's what we're going to focus on, and and that's a short-term deal, right? And once we can get that, um, kind of get that mountain off their back, so to speak, then we can focus on the other big stuff down the road. Um, but but yeah, I mean everybody's different. Um, I think also I think people's backgrounds have a lot or, or a big role in how they think about money or handle money. You know, where they came from, what sorts of things did they go through in their life that that got to them to this point in terms of how they feel and deal with money on a, on a daily basis. Um, and that's really always an interesting thing to to uncover and understand with which ev- with every person that I work with, uh, because everybody's story is a little bit different. And I think without understanding that, it's hard to get on the same page with people. Um, in a way of building a good plan and good recommendations that really align with their values and, and how they feel about money. 
so important and I feel like not talked about nearly enough is exactly what you just said. Trying to trying to look back and figure out, you know what, I, I bet I bet that I act the way that I do with money or think the way that I do about money because of the way that I was raised with, with money. So if my parents fought about it, then maybe there's going to be tension or if we had a lot of it and we gave it away and gave money to charity, that's probably going to be part of my money DNA. So I, I, I totally agree. Well, and you think back, you know, the past, well, what's it been now, uh, what, 11 years now? We have that big thing called the subprime crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to know that that affected people's behavior and, um, and psychology around money a great deal, right? Because people may have lost jobs, lost homes, um, lost a lot of things. And I think that's still with people today. Um, not only in terms of how they deal with money and everything, but investing as well. I think that left a big scar with a lot of people um, for, for better or worse. You know, I think there's things that we can all learn from that, but um, you know, that's one of those events that I think had a tremendous impact on people's lives. Um, so I think there's all sorts of things that could, that could lead to how people with or deal with money and, and view money. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. That is well said. Well, Ryan, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I, I say this a lot in working with folks, uh, that I think when you build a financial plan and you go through the planning process, I think it's really imperative and very important to build a plan that's, that's flexible, um, that's adaptable over time. Um, I've seen too often... People might come to me or, or have seen situations where, um, you know, things were put in place, maybe with good intentions, but the plan was just not flexible. It was not adaptable. Things changed in their lives, and suddenly that became a big problem. So building a plan that's flexible, that's going to, to change with their lives over time, uh, I think is huge. Uh, I think you, you said it on a, on, a, on a podcast recently, Mike Tyson quote, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in life always, so I think a plan has to be has to be flexible. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on, come on. And Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, probably the best place is uh, just going to the website. So it's going to be at. Uh, ClarityCapitalMGMT.com. Um, you can view everything about the firm and myself there, um, and that will take you to other places, uh, social media, for example. But website's probably the best place to start. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ryan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to ClarityCapitalMGMT.com. Check it out. You can find social media and everything else through there. Thanks again, Ryan. Thanks, George. I appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding 
how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.